Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm Pat Mulroy, the supervisor of the World of Learning Institute. And at the World of Learning Institute, we provide um, virtual instruction in world languages, chemistry, calculus, anything else, women? I think that's it right now. Yep. When it's difficult <laughs> for a school or a district to find a teacher, um, we're here to talk to you about what we do every day that makes virtual learning authentic, relevant, and engaging. And if you have any questions, you can email me at pmulroy, that's P-M-U-L-R-O-Y, at worldoflearninginstitute.com for more information. And yes, that is a really long email. So um, welcome, Erin and Lauren. Good to have you here today. Thanks, Pat. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Pat. Always a pleasure. Oh, so we're going to have a really fun conversation today um, for everyone out there. We have been absent for the last couple of weeks because we have been hurtling quarter one to try and uh, get over our first grading hurdles with our new um, student information system, Genius. And so we're really excited about all the features of Genius, but we um, truly are still getting over those hurdles. And the other thing that we've been really struggling with at the World of Learning, and I'm sure everybody else is, is people get sick. And um, so we've had a lot of teachers who um, have needed to either stay home with a sick child or literally they are sick themselves. So that kind of have le has led us into a variety of things. And one of them was sub plans. And we were talking about, well, what if we don't have a language teacher or we don't have a chemistry teacher? Because the subjects that we provide for people are really kind of niche um, you know, I mean, I guess everybody wants to think that their content's niche, but like I was a phys ed teacher. Anybody could play kickball with a kid if that was my sub plan, you know, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the best sub plan all the time, but it was safe, you know? And like when I had a sub, I always want to make sure it was safe. Um, just like Aaron, you probably as a chemistry teacher, weren't going to go out there and give somebody an experiment to do on a day that you weren't going to be there. True. Want to make sure that everything is safe and going to go well in the classroom. Yeah. So we want the same thing for um, our learners and our districts. And so we got talking about what would um, a sub plan look like so that any of us could jump in and make a meaningful experience for the students on the day that their teacher might not be there. So we started talking about media literacy as one of those things, and then we got talking even more about it. So um, Aaron, Lauren, I'm gonna let you guys jump in here because we got, we've really been thinking about media literacy kind of more on a esoteric or philosophical basis. So I love this conversation. Sure, yeah, Pat. I mean, I, I think that because we are an online organization, we have a responsibility, I would say, to making sure that the learners in our courses are getting some of those softer skills that have to do with the digital environment, right, the virtual world. So I think even just defining the terms like what does it mean to be um, a good citizen online, you know, um, these are the characteristics of a good online citizen. Um, and a lot of schools have their own, you know, user agreements, you know, for their, for either the, 
the devices that the students are borrowing or just even the the network that they're you know a part of um, i think that you know we were thinking about that would be a really good sub lesson for our students just kind of you know how to act online you know we go over things briefly you know it, well i don't know some teachers go maybe a little bit more in depth on zoom expectations and live sessions we have a section in our handbook about you know um online behavior safe you know practices i'm not going to snoop in files that don't belong to me i'm going to make sure to hand in my own work not google translate things like that um, but i think we could go even deeper and you know schools have things about cyberbullying and things like that and just how to be a good human in this space because we operate in this space you know i would love to do a little lesson on just emailing your teacher <laughs> i mean just like you know, students, you know, that when they get to a screen, you may, they might be doing their course on their phone. And so when they send me an email, it's like all lowercase, I need help, I don't get it, you know? <laughs> Something you might text to a friend or your mom, mom, come pick me up, right? You know, it's like that same tone and just kind of having students get more used to, you know, um, like, this is how you talk to a teacher, this is how you address them, um, this is some, th these are some templates you could use or try, you know? That's also a part that's also an education, you know, not just in the course, but yeah, love it. Love I it talked here. about a lot of different things. Sorry, I jumped no, around a I lot. Know. I'm like <laughs> taking like copious notes. These are all the things that we can put in show notes. It's like yeah. these are really like good things to think about. Um, and I think, you know, like for me, part of it is I feel like for the most part, we have a lot of civility. But I know, Aaron, you had some bumps in the beginning of the road and it was your first year, you know, um, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about your digital citizens? Yeah, so, you know, just trying to make sure that our students are giving us that um, authentic work that's their own and that they are using, you know, what they learn um, within their course and not going out and, and Googling an answer and, you know, trying to make sure that the information that they're providing, it goes not only with media literacy, but just information literacy and understanding that there is that fake news out there and that they really need to understand that they have to provide the knowledge and, and the responses in, in their classwork that they've been provided in the, in the online environment that we've created for them. Um, and that it's not always, more is not always better, right? Like giving us limited answers, especially in chemistry, right? Like if, if we're talking about something um, in chemistry, and we've never even discussed it in the classroom, then how do you know that that is true? And is that correct information? So kind of going on about media literacy, but information literacy and, and giving the information that is um, factual. Um, so I think that's, it's harder um, on the online, in the online environment, because we're not standing over our student's shoulder saying, no, you shouldn't be Googling that or, you know, just give me the information that you have. So that's always a, a bumpy road to kind of follow. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes like one of the things that you see, and, and it, this happens most often when we, you know, get a new school that has had a um, a face-to-face -face teacher in the brick and mortar setting, and then that person is no longer available. And the kids get upset and angry like and they don't like when we're in, in these two dimensions they don't see us as a human being they see us as just like this out there thing and i mean i'm gonna go like i'm gonna date myself you know like back 
you know, 20 some, 25 years ago when I was a high school principal and, you know, my space was coming in, like you really, you, you got to start to see the beginning of people just saying whatever they wanted. Like the, like the filter kind of went away and, you know, kids would say things that, you know, started getting them in a lot of trouble. Like we had like bomb threats, you know, because keep, you know, or, or, you know, we'd have to bring like police in because people were, you know, it was the beginning of people threatening to kill and going to like hurt people and, or there's going to be a fight or, you know, like so many things that, um, like you would never put in writing before, like started to become put in writing. And then it's like, Mm, you know, like, and it goes back to that old adage, like, you know, when we were taught to write a letter, you know, or do it, do even do an evaluation, like, don't put anything in that evaluation that's negative, you know, like, what you want to do is, like, if you have negatives to deal with, talk about them, you know, I mean, you don't really want to put a negative in any space in writing, unless you want to, like, act on it, and, and I don't think, I mean, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old brains kind of really thought about that. And then the internet yeah. just like exploded, right? And there's like. Right. It's that whole concept of the digital footprint, you know, whatever you put online can follow you. And, um, you know, our courses are, you know, a, a closed off environment. And so the students can, you know, experiment a little bit more and and feel and we want them to feel safe and we want them to be able to you know discuss things that are hard or you know and and feel good coming to us it's not just like the vast open internet you know we do have right. safe space for them um but i do think about that you know how do we how do we educate students in that way and how do we get them to filter out everything that's out there because we provide so many open and educational resources in our courses for students to go out and explore and I'm a student right now in a course where my our professor has asked us to subscribe to uh, an educational podcast and we're in module two right now and by module five we're going to we're supposed to subscribe to a podcast that we enjoy or think will benefit from and then later on in the course and in, in a later module we're going to share something that we learned along the way. I think it would be really neat for us to in our courses to kind of have our students go out in the world and interact with real authentic resources and then choose one that they like, come back. I think it's a really good exercise because it is kind of implicitly getting those students to kind of, we're sending them out, but we're kind of, we're, 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 we're tracking it a little bit. We're saying here, try this venue. I might say, here's a list of French TikTokers, right? Right now who are really like hot right now. They're like a lot, have a lot of views. And, you know, I preview them and I make a list, but then those students can kind of find what they like. And, and the internet is kind of that place where it's like, you can find your people, you know, and that's yeah. really good for kids in small schools too. And, you know, they're, they're out there and they're exploring all this um, information is just like so overwhelming and just kind of, kind of creating pathways for students and giving them choice and then letting them learn from all of that. And then coming back to us and saying, well, this is what I saw. I liked this. I was offended by this or, you know, anything and right. getting them to kind of, talk through those things and and then what can you do with that you know i think that's like like speaks to civility a little bit too you know mm -hmm. we were talking about um dr butler's you know newsletter and 
I don't know if like, you know, what I was saying before, like the civility, like drops off when, um, you know, when 25 years ago, people just started feeling like I can say anything I want, right? Like my, like I, you know, and I, I believe in freedom of speech, but I also believe in decency and respect and like, where, where's the line? Like, where's the line where I get to say what I say, but you know, um, say it in a way that is also respectful of your feelings. Like, so that it's not just about me. Like we live in a world that is a community, right? You know, like, so if, if I want to say what I think, I need to say it in, in such a way that it's not, you know, like my, my goal is not to hurt somebody else. Um, and I think that kind of goes along with the idea of, you know, the cyber bullying and trying to teach students that, you know, they are constantly online and they constantly have that in, in their face, you know, the TikToks and, you know, the Instagrams and the Twitters, and I didn't get as many likes as this person. And so trying to understand that being civil and commenting on someone's space, you know, that's being a civil person shows more um, about you as a person than being that rude person making a comment about somebody else's post. And so I think trying to teach students about that digital citizenship and about um, cyberbullying is really important within our, our environment as well. Yeah. And you guys both have kids who are kind of on the brink of kind of like virtual independence or, you know, like gaining virtual independence. Like, are there some things that as parents you've thought about in terms of like, okay, I've got an 11 year old, a 12 year old, like there's kids running around with phones, like, like 100%. if my kid doesn't have a phone, they're not going to be like connected, you know? Um, yes. We just moved to Pennsylvania last week and my eight-year-old last night, <laughs> was like, he said, I've been seeing things. Um, you know, political, the political ads, like on, like commercials on, on TV. And he's just like inundated, you know, like they were, you know, just on the TV and him just, you know, what did that mean? Why did they say that? You know, they said that this guy was going to do this. Is that going to happen? You know, so it's those like targeted ads that are saying, you know, trying to demonize a candidate and, you know, um, that's like, it starts right there where you say, you know, well, sometimes people say things because they, you know, want to get you to come to their side and, you know, all that is really, you know, it's, it definitely starts at home for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to like knowing, um, you know, I have a 12 year old and, you know, getting a cell phone, that was like a big decision for her dad and I to say, Hey, yeah, we can, you know, we'll, but she's not permitted to have the social media accounts because she's just not old enough to be able to understand all that goes on in those social media, um, that social media world or not having the likes, you know, we're, we're dealing with like the in-person stuff with the growing pains um, and also having that screen time. Um, I think it's very important as parents to know that our students are on screens throughout the day. If they are in brick and mortar or in a virtual environment, Either way, they are on screens throughout the, the day. And so when they come home at night, being able to say, you've probably had enough screen time, you need to you know, do something else with your time. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important as a parent and as an educator, knowing you know that they are, they do have these screens at home, but they're also using them in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, 
I, yeah, it's, it's such a conundrum because, um, I think, I think about, you know, that, that we have these technologies and how do we use them, you know? And I think a lot of it boils down to like, you know, we don't pick our lesson based on a technology. We pick a technology based on, mm -hmm. does that help us meet the goal of what we want? But I, but I think that that's more complicated and, um, but I, but I think it, it is, or it is one of those real issues because, you know, the media is pervasive, right? You know, so, you know, unless you like, we don't have cable, so I don't watch, I don't watch advertisements. I love it. Like I mm -hmm. don't have to wade through that bombardment of somebody. I do have it in my mailbox, you know, another form of media, but it's really super simple to just dump it in the recycling you know, that in the recycling <laughs> bin. you know it's like um you know and i think that idea of civility like and and you know we've lost it and i you know and i feel good really about i think yes these will be good lessons and there's lots of things out there that we can do um to try and create like a more positive environment but i feel like like for us fortunately most of our interactions with our kids and with our school districts, you know, have a lot of civility. And, um, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so, you know, it just makes me curious, you know, as we, as we talk about this and we start to see lesson plans, um, you know, maybe it's something we can share out, you know, with our, our folks once we get a little further down the line. Yeah, I think our teachers have learned a lot too. I mean, if we developed a lesson and wanted to share it out, um, with our districts to say, you know, um, you may have some sort of a blended situation going on. You may have a cyber school, you know, sort of attached to your, you know, school district. Um, I'm thinking of Huntingdon and I'm thinking of, I know that there's one at Mifflin County, like if that could be helpful too, you know, just kind of as, as students are considering an online course, you know, here are some things that we found, um, you know, like a mini course almost, you know, like a, an orientation, but a little bit, you know, separate of, of just a course. Here, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that could be interesting. I also think having discussions, I think sometimes we don't listen to kids enough. I think you're probably right. We like to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. To listen I mean, more. Every once in a while, I just wonder like if we ask the kids, like, tell us more about it, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe that can be one of our future podcasts. So do you guys have any? I think we try to, um, I mean, at least coming from the world of coming into the world of learning, you know, like with the surveys and, and like trying to have a little bit of student voice and, you know, we were just meeting, um, Olivia, Lauren and I, and, and talking about, you know, let's, let's get the student's voice and send out this survey and find out, are they getting messages from, from our teachers and how are they getting those messages? And so that we can adjust our programming. So, um, and maybe we need to put out some more of those student voice surveys to get some more information from our students, um, whether the, the instructors do that in live session, or we, you know, do that, overall, um, you know, listening to, I know I did a quick survey in my chem class with my students, you know, to get their voice, like what, what can I fix? What can I do to help you? How can, you know, so listening to the students, I think, and especially in this virtual environment, hearing their voice is important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I hope that, you know, that's maybe something that we need to just make sure that we let teachers know it's okay to like, 
take five, 10 minutes every once in a while and just say, Hey, tell us how it's going for you. You know? And I think we, you know, I think sometimes that when that happens, I mean, we saw our whole homepage of our course change and that's kind of cool. Um, not media literacy, but I think it's, it's being literate about, you know, knowing how people interact in the digital world. So I'm super glad for you guys to join me today. I mean, it's definitely a big topic. I was, one of the articles I was reading said that there's like 27 definitions for media literacy, you know, between information and like, you know, ways that it can be um, described. So, so it's a pretty big topic. So thanks for joining me today. Any last words of wisdom around, like, if you could do one thing, what would you ask your students to do to be safe? I really liked what Dr. Butler said about, you know, would you want your first grade teacher to read this with your name afterwards, you know? Um, who do you want to make proud? Like your Nana, whoever, like think of somebody whose opinion you really care about and then ask if you would be okay with them reading what you just wrote, you know? So that's a really good temperature check, I think. Awesome. I agree with Lauren. And I also think just knowing like I've had enough, like I can put it down for the day. I don't need to be on this. Like I can go out and interact with the world in person. I don't have to always interact with that, um, with the world through my device. I can interact with the people around me and just kind of being in that moment. Um, too often I feel like, you know, I, I see it with my older, um, nieces and nephews, you know, they're like at the dinner table, like, can you put put your phone down and let's enjoy dinner. You know, let's enjoy the conversation that we're having. So being in that moment, I think is very important. And I really hope that our students take the time to do that, you know, with their families and with their friends, be in the moment. Don't, don't be on the device. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we have to do, like my um, nugget is that we have to know that these companies out there, you know, have these set up to make us addicted. Like, so being aware that we are being manipulated over and over and over again um, is really important. And so I, I know for me as an adult, like even my adult children will say to me, mom, put the phone down, like be here with us, right? Like I want to make sure I get that picture. So I got my phone close by and it's like, so I think like knowing that the, that these social media companies have kind of set us up to want more and more and more and um and to be aware of that so again thanks for joining us again midnight I'm, notification before you go to bed right and yeah then you yeah, yeah. Oh, more hours oh, <laughs> notifications are off at night folks turn those notifications off yeah <laughs> oh you know it, it goes back to some old-fashioned rules too like don't call anybody after nine you know don't call anybody before whatever you know so just kind of good some old-fashioned and maybe that makes me like really old but just like some old-fashioned things like don't wear a hat at the table or you know stuff like that anyway we are the world of learning institute i'm pat mulroy i've been joined today by aaron Seibert and lauren mcmahon two of our virtual learning specialists um we love these conversations if you have any ideas or things that you would like to hear from us about please reach out to me, um, P-M-U-L-R-O-Y at worldoflearninginstitute.com. Have a great day, everybody.